Hi, my name is Latoya Conway Hampton and I am your host. This is our weekly Royal Table Talk. Here is where we have tremendous conversations on how to inspire, encourage, and empower the world. Today, I have an amazing guest. And who are you? I'm Samantha. Hi, Samantha. Thank you so much for joining us today. So today's conversation, I really truly want to highlight your amazing journey. I get to see you in a lot of different other arenas and in doing so, I'm, I'm so proud of you. So who are you in the world today? Today I'm a recovering addict. I'm a domestic violence survivor. I'm a sexual assault survivor. And really I'm just a fun loving person. You know what, you really are. You have this energy that draws people in. You have an amazing energy. Again, I noticed it from day one. I'm like, I like her spirit, right? Because I wear this big, bright light. And when I'm around a lot of people like, oh Lord, she here, I don't I don't want, you know, I don't want her to call on me. I don't want her to talk to me. Just, they want to hide, but you did not. And so I appreciate that. So today's conversation is about, why did you reach out to me and ask if you could be a guest on the show? Wow. One, you're my role model. And oh, um, everything that you do in the community and you do in the world, I want to be part of one. Two, I have a very unique story and I have a lot of things that I've gone through in trauma that I want to share with the world to help other women and help, you know, like my sisterhood, you know, we're all, we're all in this together. We don't have to be alone. And in, in my addiction, in my life, I felt myself many times just very alone. And I don't want anyone to be alone. Like, you can do this. You can do it, right? Now you know that you can do it. So it sounds like you're ready to plant seeds so others can learn that they can do it. This year, we're replanting dreams. I like it. Replanting dreams. I'll, I'll take it. I think so many times in our life, based on what we've gone through, we don't move forward. Because every time we get ready to take a step, that trauma whether it was implanted by somebody, excuse me, that knows us. Maybe it was implanted by some of our experiences. Maybe it was planted by our parents. My mother never had good things to say about me growing up. You look like your damn father. So that type of thing causes you not to want to look the way you look because you look like somebody that people don't like. So tell me a little bit about your journey. I know you're in recovery. Tell me a little bit about what put you in the world of addiction so what put me in the world of addiction um my mother is a recovering addict and pretty much my whole life i didn't really touch drugs because my mom was an addict and i didn't want to do what she did i was always afraid um i was a self-harmer instead um for the first 28 years of my life i was a self-harmer and um what that means is i would be cutting myself and to release pain because I would feel some type of numbness. I know a lot of people don't understand, but when I would cut myself, I would feel better. It would make me feel better, so I would do it. Um, I stopped cutting um, when I turned 28 because I found a new addiction. Um, I became a heroin addict out of my domestic violence. So I was married for eight years to a man who abused the hell out of me, just nonstop. I was his little trophy wife that he could you know, abuse, hurt, whatever he wanted. And that's just what I let, allowed him to do. Um, I finally had enough. The last time he hurt me, you know, I was done. I was done with him. I was not gonna let him hurt me no more.
anymore, so I left them. But I was so depressed and so just not who I was anymore. Um, and I was sad and I wanted to die. Like I truly wanted to die. I did not want to be on this earth no more. You know, here I was, eight years of a marriage. I'd give him, I gave him my entire life, like me, you know, my kids, everything. I didn't know how to, you know, once I left my abuser, how do you continue live? What do you do? Well, I didn't know how to go on. And I wanted to die, so I met somebody who gave me some drugs. And I was gone after that. It was just the drugs did what I needed. And I'm not, I'm grateful for the drugs because they've showed me a lot. And hear me out first. And what they've showed me is that one, I want to be here. Two, I don't need drugs to be the real me. You know, when I was using, I was free. You know, I didn't care who I was. I didn't care what you thought about me. I didn't care what this, you know, I was free. And that was one of the reasons I think I kept relapsing mm. is because I wanted to learn you know, I wanted to be that girl again, but I'm learning that I don't have to be high to be here. I could be me, and that's okay. I don't need the drugs to be me. Hmm. Um, but it took them, like, it's hard. It, it changed my life because I finally was free to be me. Like, I would, you would never catch me wearing anything like this. Like, I, before, I was a bigger woman, I was a booger woman. Um, I wasn't comfortable in my skin. I always thought you were always looking at me or judging me, and I wasn't comfortable. Now I'm modeling. I'm, um, I'm just, I'm happy in my skin. Where before I wasn't. I wasn't happy in my skin. Now I won't cut myself because I'm beautiful. This is my temple. You know, I'm, I'm gorgeous. I, I'm not gonna harm myself because the world is making me stressed. That makes no sense. I think that the coping skills that you've acquired over the last three years have allowed you other op opportunities and options when you feel like cutting. And I want to talk a little bit about cutting because I get the blessing. I've had the blessing to work with thousands of women in the last 23 years that are, that are cutters, but then they move to tattoos. So tell me a little bit how. How many tattoos have you gotten since you stopped cutting so i'm actually a tattoo artist now i um three years ago i started tattooing myself uh -huh. instead of cutting that makes sense and i now cover actually for free women men anyone who has self-harm tattoos for free like i i will cover your self-harm tattoos i mean your self-harm scars with tattoos okay. for free that's what i do um, so Amazing. actually, Latoya, most of my tattoos are from after I was cutting. Okay. Because that... they cover my scars. I have a leg piece because I used to cut on my thighs. I have a really big leg piece. Um, my arm is to cover, but tattoos change. You know, it was a, it was a new coping skill for me. Mm -hmm. So instead of cutting, I'd start tattooing myself. And I learned how to tattoo by teaching myself. Gotcha. So I learned this new thing. And I've gotten the honor to cover many scars already. Amazing. Now, here's the thing. This is what's so phenomenal. You take the trauma of what you've gone through, using the coping skills to cut, you shift your cutting to drugs, and now you're tattooing, right? And what I know, because I'm a counselor, that you found a journey of still relieving pain 
through pain. And what I want to encourage you to do is to keep digging within, right? Because your your tattoos are beautiful. They are. But after a while, you have no place to put them. So as you're on your journey of healing, just really pay attention to that. Because I, I, I said here, I said, those are gorgeous. I wonder how many she's done since she stopped cutting. Because my mind says, because I know, it goes from one to the next. And so... But I'm excited that you've taken that and provided an opportunity for other people to cover their scars. Because sometimes when you talk about scars, I have scars in my face. Um, That was hard for me growing up, not feeling beautiful, um, feeling like a scar face. I mean, yes. I got bit by a dog when I was two and I've been called Scarface. Yes, yes. My whole life. So that thing wears on your self-esteem. But baby, when you can find that internal beauty, in spite of what my temple looks like, inside my temple is beautiful. You wanna hear something funny? I actually haven't got a tattoo since I got clean, since I found how beautiful I am. Uh, Just FYI. No, FYI for you. I haven't. <laughs> but I plan on getting more. I, I, I love my tattoos. You do. Um, it's my story. I plan on being covered from literally here down. Okay, well just do it because you want to do it, not because you have to. Oh yeah, no. I That's know. a different place. Yeah. That's a different place. So I want to say this. This is amazing and what an amazing aha moment for me because I get to have you in my life on a, in another arena. And I think that as you trudge your journey and as you make those baby steps toward healing, that you keep looking with inside yourself. And, and, and that's amazing. That's the amazing piece. And so working with these youth girls, I, I, again, probably seven out of 10 are self-mutilators. And they'd be like, oh, I just cut because, I just cut because, I just cut because. And then they're at the place where they're doing a lot of piercings. Same thing, they're, it's all connected. And I get to support them. If you could tell a young lady about self-mutilating, what would you tell them? Stop cutting your beautiful body, please. <laughs> oh, it's just, it hurts my heart because I've been there and I, I don't want to see anybody hurt themselves. I don't. You know, we're all beautiful. Every single one of us, every girl, every man that picks up something to hurt themselves, you're way too beautiful to be doing that. And I know you don't believe it because I've been there and I didn't believe it either, but you are. Um, also, don't get a bunch of tattoos and piercings. Although I am pro them, I am all about them. You are gonna get older. You are gonna change. This is all temporary. How you feel today is temporary. Um, tattoos are what, they're not permanent, but they are. So piercings, it's not that they're permanent, but they leave scars. Um, I don't regret what I've done. I wish I would have waited a little bit longer. Um, I was 14 when I first started getting piercings, 14 when I first got a tattoos. You know, I have a lot of things on my body that I'm not really proud of. But you was in pain. I was. You were in pain, yeah. and that's a relief because just for the record, yeah. I have piercings and I have tattoos. Yeah. Same thing. Oh, Same yeah. Thing. I just, I wish I would have stopped and been like, take a breath and looked at, because I am a beautiful girl, but I didn't know I was beautiful then. You know, I didn't know, and now I do have a lot of scars or tattoos or things that I'm not proud of, 
because I've done to myself to get rid of this pain when really I should have just asked or talked to someone. But how easy is it when you're hurting to have a conversation oh, about... Oh, it's the worst. It's the hardest. You can't do it. it it's so hard, but... It's embarrassing. You feel alone. You feel judged. I mean, there is a, a lot of different emotions that come with sharing what's going on with you. Yeah. Not to mention, um, sometimes we don't want to do it because we don't want our family to be in trouble. You know, you... You didn't share in this segment, but you talked a little bit about how your stepfather was molesting you. That's not a good or easy thing to go tell your mom. Mm. How did you do that? I did. Mm. I never told him. Um, when I was four years old and I was being molested by my stepdad, um, he he got busted on his own. Mm. Um, there was many times she could have bust him before, but um, she got home from work one time early, I think, or something like that. I was four, so I can't, I don't really remember what happened. I just know that I never told her. I remember her punching him in the face and leaving. But she got back with him when I was 16 years old. Um, and when I was 16, she told me I was a liar. Like, oh, that never happened to you. Like, you punched him in the face, mom. It did happen. I got emancipated at 16. I moved out of my mother's house because she got back with him. Mm. Oh, you had to separate. Yeah. So I've been on my own since I was, I was 16. And that's why I say, like... So have I. Take a second. Mm-hmm. You know, because we're still children who didn't have moms. You wow. know, we need those moms. Tell us not to get those piercings or those tattoos. or We didn't have those people we were comfortable with to talk to. They're tell. You know, my I saw I cut because I couldn't tell my mother. My mom wasn't going to believe me. The older I got with everything I went through in my life, there was never a time where I could tell my mom, hey, mom, this is what's going on with me. Can you help me? Mm. So if there was a young girl that you would tell a specific thing, how, how do you connect with your mom? What would you say to that young girl? I would say that we also, as teens, children, we don't know what our parents are going through. We don't know, and for darn good reason, we're not supposed to know, but like, for me, my mom was an addict. I never understood that. My mom was a domestic violence survivor. Didn't understand that. My mom, you know, she'd been through a lot of crap that I just didn't understand when I was a kid, and I hated her for it. I hated my mother. I thought, you know, like, the worst about her. Couldn't talk to her, just hated her. I now know that my mom had her own trauma, she had her own thing. She didn't know how. To, she didn't, my mom did her. This is what I'll end with. My mom did her very best with what she knew how. My mom didn't have the skills or the things and didn't know how to be a mom the way she needed to be. And that's not on my mother. You know, I don't, you know, I feel bad for the way I treated my mom because I understand now. I understand. I understand what it's like to be a domestic violence survivor. I know what it's like to have DCFS come and take your kids. I know what it's like to have all those things happen. You know, I thought my mom was a POS for that. If that's the case, then I'd be a POS. And I don't think that about myself at all. I think I've made mistakes that have put me in situations that aren't good for me. But for every choice I've made, those are my mistakes that I made. And I'm proud of them. Like, those are my mistakes to make. And I'm proud of them because I have to be. You know, I have to be. I'm taking, I'm sucking the venom out of my life right now. Mm-hmm. I'm literally going back and I'm sucking all the venom out. You know, I had 30 years of trauma and now I'm going to have 30 years of happiness. There it is. That's and you're in for. school to change the world. Yeah.
Tell us about that. So I've been going to college for the last six years. Um, even behind my domestic violence uh, abuse, my husband, behind, even behind his back, I was going to school. At, um, I'm close to finishing with my bachelor's degree in behavioral science, which I'm really excited for. Um, like I said, I was that kid. I've been that kid that was hurt. I was the kid that got mocked. I was a kid that got bullied. I was a kid that cut. I was a kid that did drugs. I was a kid that did, whatever you've been through, I've been that girl. And I'm telling you, you do not have to be that girl. Anymore. 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 You don't. Today, you could stop. Stop whatever it is. If you're using drugs, put them down. If you're letting a man hurt you, get away. There is a beautiful world out there. And the one thing I have learned through my domestic violence thing, and that was one of the reasons I stayed, because I didn't think there was no one would ever love me. Like, there's going to be no one else there. There are. There are so many out people out there. That will love they you. just love they you. They just love you mm -hmm. for who you are. That's the best part for who you are. Already. You don't have to change. Mm -hmm. You, don't you just got to be you. Just got to be you. Oh my God. Thank you so much for blessing us with your time. I am honored to say that uh, Sam showed up today and she gave you a little bit, just a smidget, but very impactful how to make those changes in your life. And sometimes, when we're feeling pain in the inside, we cut on the outside because what it does is it shifts the pain from the internal to the external. And if you band-aid the external, it goes away, but it's only temporary and the scars last a lifetime. My name is Latoya Conway Hampton. Thank you so much for joining in to our Royal Table Talk again. I'm your host and we'll see you again next week.